Hi, I'm Latresa. And I'm Clancy. And we are a mother-daughter duo that shares a love and admiration for all things Elvis. On this podcast, you can expect a deep dive into the life of Elvis Presley. We will discuss books written by Elvis's friends, family members, and others who knew him best. We will critique and enjoy Elvis movies, concerts, and music with those who grew up listening to his music, watching his movies, enjoying his concerts, and hopefully inspiring a new generation of Elvis fans along the way. With all the misconceptions surrounding Elvis, we want to remember his life and his legacy. The man, the friend, the entertainer, and the philanthropist. This podcast is dedicated to those of us who celebrate the life of one of the greatest entertainers of all times. Let's Talk Elvis! Hey guys, it's Clancy and Latresa. And welcome back to the Let's Talk Elvis podcast. I'm going to apologize in advance. I don't have much of a voice. Uh, we didn't record last week because I had a cold and it's just gotten worse. But we weren't about to skip two weeks. So I have some water with me and hopefully my voice will hold up. But before we get started, I some awesome reviews that some of you guys have left on page. we absolutely love reading these so if any of you like what you hear want to give us a review we will read them on the next episode we absolutely love it they make our day so lfr 63 said awesome podcast moonbeam 1971 said i have thoroughly enjoyed each episode This podcast team is fun, interesting, and educational. Topics are well covered. Strongly encourage new and old Elvis fans to take a listen. Can't wait for Gladys Part 2. The end of Part 1, I was left hanging. Elvis movie, I have seen the movie 40 times in the cinema and the two parts where E.P. and Gladys are having an excited, heated conversation. I now know what Gladys is saying and why Satin knows. It was driving me crazy. And then Paleo 15 apologize if I didn't pronounce that right, said, I typically listen on Spotify, but this is podcast. The movie made me want to listen to and read everything I can about Elvis. I could listen to hours and hours of this one. Makes me want to visit Graceland. So these were so awesome. Thank you all so much for leaving them. And if you haven't left a review yet and would like to, please go do so. We will, we, I, I look all the time to see if anyone's left a review and it just, makes my day but me too I, I i just feel so blessed to be able just to talk about something that we enjoy and and uh that we okay. are so interested in and have have other people that are interested too and that want to listen it just it's awesome yeah. i love it this is so fun for us we we never expected it to grow as fast as it has and it's so cool to see people listening and enjoying because that's that's all we could ask for. Exactly. But, um, so I mentioned, if you follow us on Instagram, on our stories, that this week's episode is going to be about Vernon. The last two episodes have been about Gladys, and I feel like you can't talk about Gladys without talking about Vernon. So I feel like that was the next episode that we had to do, and... We talked a little bit about him in her episodes, but this one we're going to dig a little deeper, and I will say that he was a lot harder to find information on. 
I agree. Than, than I thought. So we got what we could, and hopefully, you guys will learn some new stuff that you didn't know and have some good takeaways from it. Well, I looked up um, the early years of Vernon Presley, and so I found a few things. Um, he was born April the 10th, 1916, to J.D. Presley and Minnie Mae Hood Presley. Minnie Mae Hood Presley is uh, lovingly known by Elvis and all the others as Dodger. That was his nickname for her. And so Dodger has a very, very important uh, role in Elvis's life. And, um, and she, is El- she is Vernon's mother. And Vernon, his middle name is Elvis. It was Vernon Elvis Presley. Um, his dad was Jesse D. McDowell Presley, and he was one of eight children. And um, I found several things about him. He was he was a kind of a uh, I don't know. He was a very questionable character. I, I was gonna say he wasn't the best guy, was he? No, he really, really wasn't. There wasn't a lot of good things that I found about him. Um, I did find where his brother Noah labeled Jesse as the bad boy, and Noah was the good boy. Hmm. But I, I did read, and I've seen pictures of him. I cannot see this myself. Um, however, this is a quote. Um, a neighbor, Gay McRae, says uh, she's talking about how good looking he was. She said he was good looking, good at drinking, and mean as H-E-double-L. Um, <laughs> it was said that Mr. Presley was the handsomest man I've ever seen in my life. All the women just couldn't help staring at him when he walked down the road. He was miles better looking than Elvis. And I found that very hard to believe. But, uh, you know, I wasn't there in the day, so I don't know. But that's someone who apparently saw Jesse and they also saw Elvis. Well, now I'm dying to see a picture. Uh, Well, you'll be disappointed, I'm afraid. But uh, anyway... Moving along, uh, when Jesse and Minnie Mae married, he was actually 17. Does that sound familiar? Same age mm-hmm. as Vernon. Um, and Minnie Mae was also the older woman. She was eight years older than he was. Wow. And from what I found, she was several steps above him in the social ladder. So mm. um, they had uh, Vernon. They had Vester. We've talked a little bit about Uncle Vester. Uh, they had Delta May, and Delta's a, a, a very fun character. We'll talk about her some, hopefully, in a later episode. Uh, Gladys Earlene and Nashville Loreen. And uh, their marriage wasn't a very happy one. Wasn't a whole lot that um, you could find about their marriage. Um, they... Apparently, Jesse left to go work um, in a different city, and uh, Minnie Mae did not want to go with him. Um, I have to question, you know, their relationship that she was not willing to go with him, but she moved in with Vernon and Gladys, and she stayed with them. Um, I read that he was a vain man. And um, that he he did not get along. I think we mentioned a little bit about the relationship between Vernon and his dad in the Gladys episode. But he did not get along well with Vernon. And he had two sons, Vernon and Vester. And um, Vernon was the better looking one of the two. 
and um, and people that knew Vernon and uh, and and knew the family felt like he um, that Vernon was treated more harsh because he he had uh, JD's good looks, and that mm-hmm. it, you know JD was was kind of jealous of that. So um, it, he couldn't do anything right. Everything he did, his dad questioned it and had something to say about it. And so he um, he never felt like he was good enough or he never felt like he did anything right. And I feel like that is something that overshadows Vernon's life. Um, I feel yeah. like he's always, he's looked at, you know, they everybody looks at the relationship between Gladys and Elvis, which was, was awesome. And I mean, it was, you know, a very strong bond. But I also feel like, Vernon was there and I feel mm-hmm. like Vernon was a part of it but I don't know that he he felt I feel like he always had that need I guess to be accepted or to be approved he felt he needed that approval but mm-hmm. when he married uh, Gladys he was 17 she was four years older and he was scared to death for his daddy to find out that was his biggest fear was what his dad finding out even though his dad had married at 17 and married a woman eight years older um but when he was 15 years old his dad had kicked him out of the house and sent him to live with some relatives and he stayed there um for over a year and um they finally, when they let him camp come home, it was basically just, it was just saying, you know, we're going to let him come home, but it's, it's not like he's any better. They, he sent him off to make him grow up and become a man. And, um, and he returned home and, and of course JD was disappointed. But when uh, Vernon married Gladys, Everybody felt that Vernon would settle down and that he would be an upright, mature, responsible, and industrious married man. So apparently, you know, there were some things there that um, that made them feel like he was immature. And um, I think maybe everybody looked at the negative things. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, we all need to grow up. Um, but in, in Vernon's brother, Vester's book, and I've, I've quoted some of that, but Vester, uh, co-wrote a book and it's called A Presley Speaks. And, uh, in that book, Vester says that Gladys was a very pretty girl and in complete contrast to Vernon's blue eyes and blonde hair, her hair was black and her large round eyes were so dark brown that they could be mistaken for black. And Vester says their love and devotion for each other could be seen by all. And so yeah. I think that's real important to to know that maybe, I don't know, this is just, I guess, the stars in my eyes and the fact that I like romance novels. Is, but I see that maybe that was where he finally felt like he meant something, you know, that that, that kind of brought out um, a part of him that he had been seeking approval. Um, and I also went back and looked up where uh, they had met in in the Glad- where Gladys had said, you know, she was it was um, it was in April, which was close to his birthday, and also it was around her twenty first birthday when she saw this man that she described as beautiful, tall, fair haired, and uh, you know she went and found out all that she could find out about him. And two months later, they eloped. So they did not have a very long engagement at all. 
And I think we can all agree that you can see so much of Elvis in his dad. I think he really yeah. uh, took a lot of his features, that little uh, side smile that he's got. Um, mm-hmm. And there's just a lot. You can the see blue both. eyes. Oh, yes. that, And you can see both. Yes, yes. But um, but anyway, I felt like that was really, really good that Vester was talking about. And so Vester and his dad, J.D. and uh, Vernon, built the two-room house that Vernon and Gladys called home. They borrowed $180 from Orville Bean, and we've talked about that in a previous episode. But Vernon was working for a government project for $20 an hour, and $20 was good at the time. And, um, and they realized that they were going to have twins and Vernon says, or Vester says that Vernon and Gladys were proud, adoring parents that, um, they wanted to start their son out on the right road and that they had him in church. And so, um, you know, I feel like, um, they, um, you know, they, they were expecting twins and Elvis was the, was the only child that survived. Um, you have anything to add? You got anything I'm going on and on? Uh, all I've got from, from around that time was that they, did you, did you say $20 an hour? Uh, no, I'm, I probably did. It's $20 a week. I was that like, was that's mistake. actually, that would be pretty, pretty a lot of money back <laughs> They're <then>. millionaires. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm glad we can uh, can correct one another. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, twenty dollars a have, week. I have um, an interview that Vernon did in 1978, and uh, all he says about that time was that there was almost nobody poorer than him and Gladys, but they were thrilled and excited when they learned that they were going to be parents. And that, um, sorry, I'm reading, I'm skimming the interview for the stuff I wanted to talk about. They said that, um, they knew that Elvis was a special child and that God had big plans for him. He mentioned that several times that, that he just, they just knew that God had something special planned for Elvis. And he said, no, I don't. I didn't necessarily think he'd be famous. I just believed that God had big plans for him and um, that they had a good like relationship as a family. That He was very close to his mom, but he was close to Vernon. That they had a balanced family relationship and that he didn't like choose a goal for Elvis and then push him in that direction that he just wanted him to do. What would make him happy his whole life that that goes along with what i have found too um i found in several places uh, basically elvis learned two things in life from his parents very early and that was god and love and i think that that's followed through with elvis throughout his whole life yeah and um and, you know, um, we talked a little bit about it, but I'm going to talk a little bit more. Um, when Elvis was three years old, it was in November, and Vernon and uh, his brother-in-law, Travis, it was Gladys's brother, and then another man named Leather Gable, they were indicted for forgery. 
And the story goes that uh, Vernon sold Orville Bean, a hog, and Orville wrote him a check for $4. And that was a lot less than what they had agreed on. And Vernon was counting on that money, and he desperately needed it. He knew that the hog was worth way more than $4. Um, and so he's he's very upset. And apparently, um, I read there was a lot of talking and a little drinking with the three men, and they got together and decided to change the amount on the check. And uh, you got to realize it was November, um, harvest season was over, winter was coming, there wasn't any work for winter, and they desperately needed this money. And um, they got caught, and um, they pleaded not guilty, but they were thrown in the Tupelo jail. There was a lot of pressure put on Orville Bean to show leniency toward the three men, but he refused. A bond was set and fixed for $500 for each of the men, and two bonds were filed. One was for Leather Gable. Some people went in together and got him out. The other was for Travis Smith. And J.D. Presley, Vernon's father, and J.G. Brown posted Travis's bond. So Vernon was left in jail. And, um, you know, I don't know the reason behind that, but you've got... Um, You've got a man in jail who has a wife and a small child um, that needs support. Yeah. Um, Vernon served his time with hundreds of other young farmhands. He was imprisoned, and he was left to work in the fields in the prison. This was one of the hardest prisons, um, you know, one of the more strict and and um, and a, a really bad prison. Uh, that he was in they worked from daylight until dark in the woods and in the fields of the plantation under the threat of floggings and beatings with chains and blackjacks and there were even some shootings that took place for the for the prisoners um, and every Sunday Gladys and little three-year-old Delvis they would catch a ride five hours each way to go visit him wow yeah and um it said that he was a good worker. They they really felt that um, he his attitude. He was polite to the sergeant. He didn't get in any kind of trouble. Um, and also, you've got community members from Tupelo that were writing letters and trying to persuade the authorities to let this man out so that he could support his family. And it was around nine months. There's um, like between eight and twelve months. I found nine months that he was he was finally released but now he's the jailbird now he's got a criminal record and it yeah. was really hard for someone who had been to prison to uh, to get a job i mean still that yeah. way today he didn't but, graduate uh, high school either he, no. he didn't have any schooling to help him out exactly and um all of his friends, he was kind of like a little celebrity with them because they all wanted him to sit and talk to him about what happened in prison. He couldn't really get away from it. Um, and then, then there again, it was hard to find work, and it seemed to follow him everywhere we went. So um, you got to think where Vernon's coming from here, and you have to think of how hard that has been for him to know that he has left Gladys and Elvis alone. Um, and especially with the bond that they had. I mean, it's really, really sad. Um, 
but I did find out that Elvis or that Vernon had a good singing voice and um, oh, everyone God. said that Gladys did too, but, but he's known for his singing voice. And I actually found and listened to a recording. It was a 1973 recording of uh, Vernon. He wrote and recorded a song to his second wife, Dee. They were having some trouble and, um, he he wrote a song and recorded it, and it's called "Don't Close Your Door." Um, he does. He has a good voice. It's a ballad, um, short little song. But I thought that was that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I know. No, but no. Elvis and Gladys, you need to look it up. Nineteen seventy three, um, Vernon Presley song. Yeah. Uh, but Elvis and Gladys and Vernon sang in churches, and that's where he got started singing. Um. And Vernon was also very talented with woodwork. Um, people that worked with him said he could make anything out of wood. And he loved carpentry work. But there wasn't a lot of money to be made in that at the time. So um, he, he became a truck driver. Um, any Anytime you need to jump in, I don't want to take over and... Uh, I know I have more of the late stuff. Okay, so I'll so, go on with this stuff. Yeah. Then we can you can take over. Um, in 1948, uh, loaded his family up, moved everything he had, um, and he and his family moved to Memphis, Tennessee. Elvis was 13, and Gladys was actually the first one to land a job when they got into Memphis, and uh, they had cardboard in their shoes to cover up the holes. Uh, Vernon went to work at the United Paint Company, and uh, he was loading paint cans. He was making 83 cents an hour, and he had it figured out if he could work five hours of overtime, he could earn $38.50 a week. Their monthly rent was $35, and loading paint, and I'm sure that... um, when he was in prison and had to do all the hard labor, um, he ended up with a very bad back. And so they began to fall behind on their rent. And Elvis started mowing yards. Gladys was waitressing. They were all just trying to pitch in, you know, to make a living. Mm-hmm. And um, and Elvis was, he uh, his, his mother was determined that he graduate from high school. He was ready to quit. I mean, he had already determined he wanted to be a singer. But, um, but he would, he, Gladys and Elvis would work for cash so that the funds wouldn't be reported to home services. They worked or they lived in, in government housing. And you got to think Vernon had Gladys. He had Elvis, and he also had Minnie Mae at this time. So he had three people dependent on him um, to make a living for. And in Christmas of 1951, they were having a really hard time. And the income from Vernon's paint job, Gladys's job at the St. Joseph's Hospital, they had gone over their stipend amount. And uh, they were so far behind in, in their rent and, uh, you know, with medical bills and everything, I mean, uh, Vernon was even hospitalized with his back. So they were all working. And so it looked like they were making more money. And uh, but they were threatened with eviction 
And Vernon actually dictated the letter to Elvis. And I mean, you know, he, he didn't have a lot of writing skills, but Elvis wrote, he, he wrote down, um, his dad dictated, have had illness in family. Wife is working to help pay out of debt, bills pressing, so don't want to be sued. So you can imagine the pressure that, that Vernon felt at that time. Yeah. Uh, and they desperately wanted Elvis to finish high school, which he did. When he was 19, he started uh, making money, and he told his parents, now it's my turn. And he would go and pay their grocery bill, or he would go and buy things for them. And at the time, he wasn't making a whole lot, you know. I mean, he was yeah. just driving a truck and working for the electric company and, and things. Um, but uh, when Elvis was 20 is when he got offered a contract at Sun's, Sun Records, and he was so young that Vernon and Gladys actually had to sign. Yeah. Too young to sign the contract. Yeah. Um, but, but when he found success, he told his daddy to quit work. He had seen his mother scrubbing floors and emptying bedpans and waitressing. He had seen his dad down in his bike get up and go to work. And Elvis was able to, um, to have his parents to quit work. It was his desire to, to take care of them. And he told them that, you know, it's my turn. Um, and so Vernon managed the affairs of Graceland. He oversaw the finances. He and he toured his, with him. Is there, what? His official title was business manager. It was, exactly. And we've been to Graceland. If you've been to Graceland, there's a little house that's behind the mansion. And that was his office. And I love, uh, on the front door, there's a sign. And it's in Vernon's own handwriting. He makes this poster. And it says, please read and observe. No loafing in office. Strictly for employees only. If you have business here, please take care of it and leave. Vernon Presley. And <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he didn't like anybody hanging around. He no. wanted them to take care of business and move on. One thing that I read that I mentioned it earlier was that he never pushed anything on Elvis. Like he just, they just wanted Elvis to be happy. And he said right after Elvis graduated from high school, he went into his room and said, well, what do you want to do now? Do you want to go to college? Because if you do, we'll manage to send you. Do you want to go to work? What do you want to do next? And Elvis said, Daddy, I want to be an entertainer. I want to sing with a gospel quartet. And Vernon told him to do whatever you want, and they'll help him all, he, all they can. And I respect him for that because I'm sure that was a very strange thing for a kid to say back then and the odds of it actually happening would be rare to say the least but they supported him and I appreciate that also found and like I said this is a uh, interview that Vernon did in 1978 and he said that after Elvis got some hits with uh, Sun Records he had gotten a manager Bob Neal and he came home from one of the tours talking about a man he'd met and how smart he was. And that man was Colonel Tom Parker. And that Gladys and Vernon warned him that they didn't really know anything about him. And that he had already 
had an agreement with Bob Neal to be his manager. But that the next time Elvis came home, he told him that he wanted Colonel Tom to manage him. And and that, like you said, since he was underage, his mom and dad, which they show in the movie, if you've seen it, yes. had to sign his contracts. And that the colonel, they met him in 1955 at a show in Little Rock. And that he seemed like a smart man, but they didn't know too much about him. So they didn't sign it yet. But a little while later, they met him again in Memphis. And this time the colonel had brought Hank Snow with him as kind of a character witness. So they changed the managers and uh, bought out the contract with Bob Neal. So I wanted to mention that because in the movie it does show uh, Vernon and signing the contract. And I thought that was interesting to hear his side of it. Right. How all that went down. I also I also read that article. That's really neat. But um I also have a quote from Vernon from that article and Vernon says, I gave him advice when he asked for it. I was there when he needed it, but I didn't pry. And yep. so that, you know, he 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 was supportive, but he didn't he didn't uh, try to tell him what to do. Another thing about the gospel singing um, he Elvis tried out for several groups and was told he couldn't sing um, different things. And then after he had uh, made uh, some singles and was getting popular, um, I read where some of these gospel groups came back and wanted him. And Vernon was like, son, you're doing fine on your own. At that point, yeah. he did give him advice. And I think it was kind of like, you don't need them now, son. I thought that was yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> They all wanted him after he'd made it big. Everybody wanted him, but they didn't want him before. Definitely. Um, I've got some. I don't want to. I feel like all of the stuff that I have would probably be a part two. I think so. Uh, Yes. I can go into it, but it's going to be a super long episode, I think. But I will say that Vernon that I read, I looked up several books and he was described as um I'm trying to find where I, he had a sharp tongue and said exactly what he thought and I'm looking at, I had another one that he was fairly sophisticated and he he wasn't one of the guys and didn't try to be so he didn't try to be Elvis's friend he was still his dad and his business manager, and he stuck to, he stuck to that. And like you said, he gave Elvis advice and talked when he wanted, but he let Elvis live his life and and make his own decisions. That's right. Yeah, I think this is a good place to to end. Um, we can go into his life um, as the business manager for Elvis uh, next week. I think that that would be a great place to end up. Yes, I agree. I agree. So I hope you guys liked this episode learning about the early days of Vernon. And I hope you'll stick around, come back next week. And if you haven't already, uh, follow us on Instagram at Let's Talk Elvis Podcast. And the same, we have the same handle on TikTok. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review and we'll be sure to read it the next episode. But I've got some good stuff for you guys next week, so stick around. And thank you for joining us.
Thank you for joining us. Hope everybody has a great week. And we look forward to seeing you or listening, talking to you next week. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.